This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Welcome to Shepherding Our Hearts with Addie and Tina Shepherd and JC Ford. I don't I forgot about the introduction. I don't think it matters. That's okay. No, it's perfect. You didn't didn't get to write that. I had back when we first started. I had to write it down every single time because I never remembered everything in order so okay okay that's fair took a long time to master yeah especially the name of the podcast sometimes i still mess that (laughs) she's like shepherding our my heart my heart (laughs) your heart our hearts who's heart? okay now Now i don't know which one it is which one is i don't know either our hearts our hearts okay (laughs) all of our hearts i don't know i just say it our our she she wrote it down (laughs) (laughs) okay well we have moved on to a poor person, a poor hearted person, but not yeah. the poor in heart. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, bad, bad person. I was just trying to switch it up and say something different. But Find synonyms. It, it wasn't very smooth for me, so. Well, we are talking about Hosea's wife. Her name was Gomer. So let's read a few verses. So Hosea 1, verses 1 through 3. We'll start there. Okay, the word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said unto Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of... To blame, to blame. <laughs> just have to blame. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Same. <laughs> Which conceived and bare a son, him a son. All right, and then it goes on to talk about the other children as well. There's two other children that the blame. Yes, <laughs> she conceives mm-hmm. and has. So we're not going to actually focus on that just yet. But we wanted to read the first part where. Just kind of an introductory point. Yeah, is told to go and take this wife of whoredoms. So that verse two has so the word whoredoms in it so many times. Well, you know, you wanted to get the point across. Whoredom, whoredom, whoredom. (laughs) If you say it so many times, does it stop sounding like a word? It already has. (laughs) So, um, we're laughing, but it's actually a very serious thing, right? Because can you imagine, like, being a prophet and being told to go and take this type of a woman as a wife? I don't think I'd be very happy. No. That's a, I mean, that's just, we, we talk so much about relationship advice on the podcast, and that is never advice that we would give to anyone. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of done to prove a point. Exactly, and that is really the point. I mean, I would still, even after reading this book, it would still be, be my advice to not take a wife from the whoredoms. <laughs> <laughs> and even, like, so many times in my life, obviously, uh, so many people have said, no, if my spouse, if my boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever, cheated on me, we have mutually decided that we will not be getting back together which makes sense, right? I'm probably gonna be saying the same thing whenever I'm dating someone. But it's cool to me that um, we get this perspective 
um, that God gives us and just the fact that God promised the absolute opposite when he said, you know, I will um, never forsake thee, or I can't remember the verse now. Leave thee or forsake yeah, thee. I'll yeah, I'm going to leave thee or forsake thee, how he literally promised us the exact opposite. You can be unfaithful to me no matter how many times you are, you can always come back. And I think that's really significant. Yeah, and that's really the point of what, and you know, like, it is one thing to be speaking the words of God, which that's what the prophets did, right? They would speak to the prophet, or no, God would speak to the prophet, and the prophet would then speak to the people. And it's one thing to, like, say those words from God, but the prophet could not always feel and understand what God's point of view was until this happens. Even so, I think it'd be so hard for Hosea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially going into it knowing that this was going to happen to prove a point, you know? Like, I think I would have been upset. (laughs) I would have been like, uh... I understand that we're trying to make a point here, but this is my life, you know, like. It's really unfortunate because the one out we have, the one um, excuse we have for divorce is um, adultery. And he knew for a fact that is what his wife was going to do. And he could not leave her, which is pretty significant. would be pretty hard. Yeah, but obviously he must have known that he could do that, you know, and then. I know, we're, we're kind of jumping right into it. We, like, didn't even mess around here. I feel <laughs> like that. But we so often misuse Philippians 4.13, right? To I can say, do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Yeah, and so we... I can dunk a basketball. Exactly. <laughs> we put it on T-shirts or bracelets or all yeah. that kind of thing, and we're like, I can do whatever I want because God is with me. But that's not really the point right. of that verse. Like context. Yeah, Paul was saying, like, I can learn to be content in whatever state I'm in. I can forgive someone who has wronged me. Um, Even in the case of Hosea, you know, they're like, he can take his wife who was cheating on him back, right? Because God gave him the strength to do that. And God gives us the strength to do those things too. So, you know, there had to just be some trust and faith in God that, like, God, if you can be forgiving, I can be forgiving and, you know, Jesus says in um, Matthew, Matthew, Mom, yeah, I should have looked at this first before, but I didn't think about it until JC was talking, but about the idea of forgiving one another, right? And how many times are we to forgive? Until 70 times 7. Yeah, 70 times 7. So, like, over and over and over, we can be forgiving. And so... So many times we want to limit that, and we want to say, well, you know. Did you find it, or are you still looking for it? I'm still looking Matthew for it. Matthew 18, 22. Thank you, because I'm yep, talking at the same time. <laughs> I turned right to it. Jesus saith unto him, I say, I, I say not unto thee until seven times seven, but until seventy times seven. I guess I could read 21, too. So we're going to read them backwards. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I forgive my, my brother's sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, he said. 70 times, 7 times. Which is obviously a figurative number, because let's not keep track yeah, of how many don't, times. Don't be <laughs> counting every single time. You have, time. like, a mark. You're like, hand, <laughs> <laughs> nope, last one. <laughs> <laughs> not forgiving them. <laughs> Jokes on them. <laughs> yeah. But forgiveness, big part of our salvation and a big part of what we need to be doing for others. Mm. It's hard. 
And, well, I think right after that, that you just read, Addie, it goes into the unforgiving servant. And then the idea that um, if we don't forgive others, then our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. So it is it is crucial. I don't know. I feel like we've jumped not to yeah. Gomer, but to Hosea. Yeah. Um, I mean, but... You can't really separate the two. Right. It's, it's true. One of those things where, like, it's less of a uh, specific, like, just her in general and her decisions, but it's, like, their relationship, you know? So, she was a part of that. Yeah. She was, like, half of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, half and then the other people that she was involved with you know, they tie into. But, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to the fact that everything that you do has consequences to other people as right. well. So, and obviously in this case, when they are married, then even more so. Yes. And had children. So, yeah, we just we just jumped right in there. <laughs> we um, had two verses. Oh, oh, three, 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 three. Yeah. And we were like, <laughs> three, 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 three. I'm sorry, Addie is stuck in a stutter. <laughs> but then, we're like, these are just introductory verses, and then we slap them in the face with all this knowledge. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it too, though. So again, just back to the introduction idea, but how hard it would have been for Hosea to obey the word of the Lord at that point. And we think, and we know so much about Jonah, and we study that lesson over and over where he was just told to go and preach to the people of Nineveh, and he didn't want to do that because he's like, if I preach to them and they repent, I know God will forgive them, and I don't want that to happen. And so he tries to run away from God just with that command. But how much more would Hosea have wanted to run away when God is like, no, go marry this woman? Go take a wife from the whoredoms. And he was like, like wait, the big what? fish is looking pretty great. I don't <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, I don't think I want my life to go in that direction. Um, so, yeah, like just the idea that we can so easily run from a, a command of God that we're like, no, that seems kind of hard. I don't want that to happen. And so we yeah. reject it. But like here, Hosea is looking at a life of difficulty and heartache and rejection and all of these things and yet obeys anyway so it's pretty impressive yeah props all right shall we jump to reading some verses in chapter two yep we decided guys are quiet (laughs) we decided we're going to read the whole chapter what you guys are quiet (laughs) we've been talking this whole time we just paused first (laughs) it's so unlike you (laughs) I love you, Abby. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Anyways, go ahead and read this. So we're going to split it up. Are we going to split it up? Sure. Yeah. I'll just stop sometime. Okay, cool. And then you'll take over. I'm going to take a breath and Jason's going to Where are you stating? Uh, I mean, starting. Uh, stating. Two, verse one. Okay. I'm assuming? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sister, sisters. <laughs> you want to stop right there? Ruhama. <laughs> Uh, plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born and make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. 
okay. This, okay. Um, and I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be children of the whoredoms. For their mother hath played the harlot. She hath conceived them, hath done, sh- he, she that conceived them hath done shamefully. For she said, I will go to my lovers that give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her paths. And she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but they shall not find them. Then shall she say, then shall she say, <laughs> I will go and return to my first husband, for then it was better with me than now. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore I will return and take away my corn in the time thereof and in my and my wine in the season thereof, and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. And now I will discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her deliver her out of mine hand. I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, and her Sabbaths, and all her so what solemn solemn oh solemn feasts. <laughs> and I will destroy her vines and her fig trees. Wherefore she hath said, These are my rewards all my lovers have given me, and I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. And I will visit upon her the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them. And she decked herself with earrings and her jewels, and she went after her lovers, and forgot me, saith the Lord. How far am I going? The end of the chapter, I think. Okay. I mean, you can read it all, or you can pause if you want me to take over, and... I'll, I'll just read it all. Okay. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her her vineyards from thence in the valley of Accor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be at the day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishai and shalt call me no more Bali. Bali. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. And in that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of heaven, with the creeping things of the ground, and I will break the bow and the sword and the battle of the earth, and will make them lie down safely. And I will betroth thee unto me forever, yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies i will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness and thou shalt know the lord and it shall come to pass in that day i will hear saith the lord i will hear the heavens and they shall hear the earth and the earth shall hear the corn and the wine and the oil and they shall hear jezreel and i will sow unto her unto me in the earth and i will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy and i will say to them which were not my people thou art my people and they shall say thou art my god all right there you have it there you have what chapter two (laughs) um so a lot kind of goes on in this chapter but the whole general idea of the book of hosea is um God has Hosea take a wife from the whoredoms. I, yes, I'm going to say that as often as I feel necessary. Um, and 
it's basically a compare and contrast, right? We've kind of talked about that earlier in this podcast, but they um, it compares the Israelites being unfaithful to God with Gomer being unfaithful to Hosea because sometimes we people, us, we are very physically mi- carnal-minded. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and we tend to think of things on a more, like, because we can all look at Gomer and she cheats on her husband and we're all like, Gomer, that is horrible. And then we go and we're unfaithful to God. And we're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's the same thing. And that's, so th- I feel like that's kind of what's happening. It's like, it just gives you a clearer picture of the consequences of your sin, almost like you are being unfaithful to God just like Gomer was. You're no better than her. And I think that, like you were saying, sometimes we can see it so clearly in one situation and we don't see how then it, like, is the same basic thing over here. Like, we just, we're blinded to that. It's Um, hard sometimes, but I think it's very important to look in that mirror, you know, and make sure you're not doing the same thing. Yeah. It's the whole idea of getting the moat out of your eye. And if you think about it, like, I hate to bring in all these other examples, but there's so many of them that God gives us in the Bible. But when David, for instance, you know, cheats with Bathsheba, I mean, obviously he's not cheating, but Bathsheba is cheating on um, Uriah. And then David has him killed, like all of that whole series of events that unfolds. And David doesn't see it until Nathan comes. And, and he paints him a picture <laughs> with this little lamb, right? <laughs> and he's like, <gasps> the lamb! And he's like, yeah, that's she. Oh. They're like, you are the man. Like, he had to, like, he didn't even see it when Nathan was telling him this whole story that was, like, laid side by side. This, like, whole series of events is just, like, what he, he did. And he was not getting it. <laughs> which, until, which, yeah, sorry. No. Well, I was just going to say, which is, like kind of what happened to me here when I was reading through because I didn't know that it was um, going to be that clear of a um, like comparison. comparison. Yeah, that's the word. And I was just reading through and I'm like, okay, this is everything that happened to her when she was um, cheating on Hosea. And then it says, save the Lord. And that, I feel like, was kind of the moment. Could have been the moment when they read it and been like, oh. Just that mo- light bulb moment where they're like, this this is a comparison. This is us. right? Yeah. And because... And it's kind of the idea of they're probably thinking, yeah, all makes sense. Yes, take him away from her. She deserves it, right? And then it says, save the Lord, where it brings it back to, oh, well, this is this is a comparison. Gomer represents God's people. We're doing that to him. This is how he feels. And it just completely shows them exactly um, Which all of that. Which is really unfortunate yeah. for the Israelites. And I think it... I. The moment it clicked for me when we were just reading it just now was like when it was like when she came up out of Israel, it was like, or no, out of Egypt. And I was like, oh, yeah, because it's the Israelites now. Like, right, mm-hmm. we're talking about the, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like even I've done that with the Israelites before because it's so irritating sometimes when you're reading that book. Yep. Because not that one specific book, but like the Old Testament. But yeah, we used to have this chart on the classroom wall and it was the circle. And every Sunday it was the same thing. When we would go through the book of Judges, it was the whole like, 
they loved God, and then they stopped loving God, and then they went into captivity, and then a judge came, and the judge saved them, and then they loved God, and then they hated God, and then they were brought into captivity, and then the judge came, and then they loved God, and then there was like this whole circle every time, and it's so frustrating. You're like, why can't you just pick a side? Like, are you kidding? But then you're like, oh, wait, it's me. (laughs) I've been there. Oh, yeah. That is... Why do we go back to sin? But I think so often in, like, um, everything just all ties together, right? We were studying last night for our ladies' class the, in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we were talking about Solomon and all of the wealth that he had and, and all of this, and, like, we started to think about how he lost kind of his faith in what God was providing, right, because of his... Um, all of his wealth and all of the things that he had. And so he wasn't really depending on God anymore. And that's so often what the Israelites would do too, right? They no longer were fearful of their enemies and God had delivered them through whatever judge. And so they started to feel pretty comfortable and pretty content and happy and all of that. And so they kind of went their own way. And it wasn't until they were brought back to that sorrow, which it talks about in Ecclesiastes, um, I think chapter 7 is where it is in Ecclesiastes, which is, you know, a chapter that JC's going to teach here in a few But yeah, chapter 7 and verse 3, sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. But that same idea that like when the Israelites were brought low because their enemies were coming upon them and they were in sorrow, right, they would seek after God. Mm-hmm. And so it's that kind of same cycle of things finally set set their priorities straight mm-hmm. um, I, I mean I was thinking about it too as you were reading chapter two with the idea that you know she says you know I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax and my oil and my drink like she was seeking after them for all of these like physical things that they were going to provide for her but really, her husband was supposed to be the one providing those things, mm-hmm. just like God is supposed to be the one providing for his people. But so often we go after different things. Different things, or yeah. Us more. And the Israelites, right, would, would go after um, idols or other, you know, other nations and all that kind of thing to provide those things. So mm-hmm. I just had one um, last point. Um, and in verse 12 of chapter 2 when it mentions and I will destroy her vines and her fig trees wherefore she hath said these are my rewards from my lovers that was kind of paraphrasing but it's just the idea of whatever we can gain from sin that will disappear we will lose that all of these things that we think are important that are and will help us we'll lose them just like Hosea took them away from Gomer in this example so I thought that was kind of... They're temporary. Yes. They end. Mm-hmm. Right? And they end... Exactly. ...in hell. So that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have a lot more to say, I think. So we're going to go ahead and end this one here. Okay. And we'll go ahead and we'll start a new podcast. And that will be part two. So y'all have to wait a week to hear it, but we don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But anyways... Wait, can I say it? Yeah. Wait, did we say thank you? Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.
We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.